Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about releasing the power behind delay. And I want to start by saying, I want to distinguish the difference between God's timing and delay. There's a big difference. God does have a timing where if you try to to exceed that timing, it could get you in a lot of trouble. One example, and I'll give you an example from my own personal life, is uh, if you know that you've met, you know, the hubba hubba man of your dreams, but you're not quite ready to accept the adjustment that comes with marriage. Now, how many of you know, how many of you married ladies know that after every wedding comes a marriage? How many do you know that? So the Lord takes that time to prepare you so that your marriage will have longevity and stability. But a lot of times I see people rush it, rush it, rush it. Got to be married, got to be married, got to be married. And then you get into trouble because you're not prepared. And it's like that way. Why is it that the majority of lotto winners end up broke? They don't know how to handle money. So I could go on and on and on with multiple lists. So God's timing is imperative. And, and so I really want to distinguish between that. And uh, one example from my personal life is our daughter, Katie, our second born, met her husband, Case, when she was 16 years old. And I've told you this story. She came home and she said, Mom, did you see that guy with the pinstripe suit? And I was like, what guy? Well, he was in the band. He's playing the guitar. And he had on a pinstripe suit. Mom, there's something about him. In his eyes, there's something about him. I think I'm going to marry him. And she's 16. So I sought the Lord about it. And the Lord very quickly reassured me and assured me that he was brought here as her husband, to be her husband. And he, he came from a tiny town of, I think, 200-something in Azalea, Oregon. Now, you have to be from Oregon to even possibly know of Azalea. It's like an hour from Eugene, if that helps. And he, he left. I asked him. He joined the United States Army. And I asked him why. Why did he join the Army? Because the Army gave me a lot of trouble. I just want you to know where he was concerned. And he said, because I knew my wife wasn't in Oregon. I mean, Case is one of the most amazing men I've ever met. He really is. He's just, he is completely a son to me. And, and I would just say every mother's dream, honestly. Now, Katie may not think that, but, but I do. No, she does. He's her rock. And so... As I saw the Lord, he assured me, and within a very short time, he was having dinner regularly. Now, remember, he's in the Army, and so it was really fun to get out of the barracks. He was stationed at Fort Sam. We had him over for dinner all the time. We became very close immediately, and it was very clear that he was absolutely appointed by God to be her husband. Well, he got orders to Haiti. I said, absolutely not. I began to pray and seek the Lord, and I very clearly saw he wasn't going to Haiti. I prayed. Orders were canceled. 
And I was like, as soon as you reach your however long you sign the papers, you're out. You're going to stay here in San Antonio until that happens. Then y'all are going to get married. But that was my plan, not God's. So I'm talking to you about timing, not delay. The message will be on delay. And typically delay is caused by the devil. But God's timing is a different story. And so, next thing you know, he gets orders to Panama. I don't even know where Panama is. I just know there's a canal. Where is Panama? Jovet, where? Central America? All right, I knew it was in the Americas. But don't you have to get through other Americas to get to Central America? Yeah. Next to Colombia. Okay, so see, it's really far. I was absolutely not. We prayed, we fasted, we decreed, we declared, we did Jericho marches. We sought a congressman, you name it. And remember I told you in those days you got to actually going to the airport was fun and glamorous. Remember, some of you mature people remember when you, literally we put on high heels and dress up, right? I mean, it was glamorous to fly. You get all dressed up, now you go in your pajamas and slippers. And then they frisk you anyway. And so we went to the thing where you, where you wait for, to get on the plane. And I was just determined he wasn't getting on that plane. Determined. Because it was 20, I think the orders were for 20, for two years, 24 months. And a general, and typically you don't fly in uniform. Isn't that right, Jovette? But a general, I mean, my dad was Air Force. I know what those stars mean. A general walks up and I went, Tup, there he is. He's going to release him. But the general got on the plane. And the same day he got to Panama, the favor of the Lord surrounded him. He made best friends with the guy who ran the Watts lines. Remember, we didn't have the cell phone thingy going. And if you, if you made a, an international call, it was a fortune. I mean, you paid per minute. I mean, it would just like break you. But no, he had the military watts line. The guy said, you can use it whenever you want. Case called all day long, all night long. And this guy also ran the hops, the military hops, which means he could fly space available, came home all the time. And when he didn't, we paid for him to come home. And it was like nothing. And he was released from Panama quicker than expected, stationed in Kentucky, Came home, went to college, got a degree and a master's in electrical engineering. Fabulous job. I said all this to say, from the time she was 16 to the time she got married at 24, seed was in the ground. I'm going to be talking to you in the next couple of weeks about seed. I have learned some things about seed that has absolutely put me in a different place. And, and so... Had it been my timing, now I, would, I looked at all that as delay. But instead, God was maturing these two young people. He was equipping these two young people. He was providing for them. Had they gotten married when I thought that should have happened, uh, we would have been supporting them. They would have probably had to live with us. God forbid. I mean, listen, <laughs> I love my kids. But, you know, when you grow up and stuff... Children are born to leave. Husbands and wives are born to cleave. And, and certainly we would have done it. 
But how much greater, I mean, we saw him graduate and our daughter graduate and they both had stable good jobs when they got married and they have had, I'm not saying there's never been a trial, but they've had a dream marriage with excellent sons, beautiful sons. I'm, they live two doors down from me. And that's the way you do it, you know. <laughs> Next door, not indoors. And, and they're just the most wonderful family. But it was God's timing. So I wanted to distinguish that. And then uh, this is Father's Heart Ministries, which I love. And this is something that I think says it all. The Father says those out there in the world kill time. But I call on you to redeem time. The days are evil, but I'm not the God of the day and of the night. Others are pushing the panic button. And you're looking to me for direction. Trust in my perfect timing. Rest assured, I am always punctual. I will never be late in showing up in your circumstances and situations. Understand that I'm not working according to some hidden agenda that you can't understand. I'm not disregarding your needs. I'm fully aware you desire me to act swiftly, bringing relief and change to your current situation. However, it is important you exercise patience. Through patience, you will find strength and peace. I want you to know that the timing of what comes next is negotiable. As Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob negotiated with me, even so I am prepared to step up the pace of what you are expecting or slow it down or stop it altogether. Or if you have the faith for it, to have a suddenly at land experience as my disciples did when I stepped into the boat. The things you are praying for can be brought about sooner rather than later. And so that's what we're going to talk about today to release the power behind delay. And I just wanted to share that with you. The word delay means the act of postponing, hindering, or causing something to occur more slowly than normal. So we want to talk about releasing the opposition to divine timing. And I'm going to show you today how the majority of times delay is demonic. And that means we have to resist the spirit behind delay. I want to accelerate the timing of God, not delay the timing of God. How many of you remember the great prophet who is now a prophet of glory in heaven, Kim Clement? How many of you remember him? Well, let me tell you something about him. He used to come all the time to Eagle's Nest. And I had the privilege, actually, I was thinking about this this morning. He had such a strong powerful ministry. And he literally, I mean, I'm just telling you the truth. He would stand up and he would get these words of knowledge. Those of you who didn't ever have the privilege of being in a meeting with him. And he would say, I'll make it up. Uh, is there somebody here named Mary Jones? And she lives on winding way, right? That's what he would do. And, and we would just, oh, come on, that's not possible. And here comes Mary Jones on winding way. And, and it was just so supernatural. And so I went back into the speaker's lounge one day and I said, I asked him, I said, what, how do you know these things? He, he said, it would just pop into my head. And I said, well, do you know what J Jane is, was his wife, his widow now? And I would say, well, do you know what Jane is thinking? Because that's kind of scary, right? I mean, if your husband knew everything you were thinking, especially when you get annoyed with him, not that I ever do, but if you ever do, I mean, wouldn't that be a little bit alarming? And he said, no, there's only one time I've ever known what she was thinking. 
one time in our whole marriage. And I said, well, I need to ask you a question. I said, what if, if uh, the, you have a word from the Lord and it doesn't happen? Does that mean it's a false word? Or does that mean that you heard wrong? And he said, no, not necessarily. But he said, a lot of times it requires human obedience to see it fulfilled. And that was so helpful. And because of the disobedience, and I've heard many testimonies since then, just regarding that very thing. And I said to him, I said, I want to do something for you. Is there anything I can do? And he said, well, we've been on the road three weeks. And he said, could you do our laundry? Now, you got to know something. <laughs> I am blessed with two phenomenal housekeepers. I have to have them because of my schedule. And the one thing I really wish they would do is laundry. <laughs> I do not like to do laundry. And I said, yes, because you know what? If you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. And so I had three little kids at the time. I drove to their hotel. They were staying by the airport. I got their laundry. There was a lot of it. Three weeks on the road, and they had their children with them. And I went home, and I did their laundry with joy, and I folded it so neatly. I'm a very good folder, very particular about how laundry is folded. And, and brought it all back and took it into the hotel lounge, or lobby rather, and um, he came out, and he didn't say, bless you, let me pray for you and anoint you, and declare to you how great thou art. Nope. He, he said, thank you, and walked off. <laughs> and it was an honor. It really was. It was an honor for me to do that. And so I wanted to share that with you, that a lot of times delay is not only because there's demonic interference, but there's human disobedience. And I'm saying this to you for one reason. You might be somebody's miracle. And I have had that happen to me more times than I can count. Where, where people have come to me and said, you did this exactly the right time. You did it right when, when I needed it. You said it right when I was giving up hope. You gave it right when I was down to the last morsel. You might be the Jesus with skin on for somebody else. So have sharp hearing. But what if I, what if I do it and, it and it was wrong? God won't rebuke you for that. You know my story of how I was, my homeschooled my kids for five years and, and they had a rule. And the rule was, after I give you your assignment, I'm going in my room to pray, don't you dare bother me. I don't care if you're bleeding, don't you bother me. You know, because they fought. Maybe your kids didn't, but my kids, my kids did. And I was kneeling by my bed and I had my face just like down this in my hands. And all of a sudden I heard Kelly's voice going, yes, mom. And I looked up and I said, what? Yes, mom. And I said, I didn't call you. And she said, oh, I, I thought you did. And I said, no, I didn't. And then I said, but thank you for coming when you thought you heard me. And she walked out and I heard the Holy Spirit say, that's exactly how I am. I will never discipline or reprove you when you thought you heard my voice and obeyed. Now, I really wish I didn't have to say this, but I do. He's not going to tell you to do something wrong. You understand that, right? I just heard a testimony. It was horrific. 
uh, a preacher I really admired was saying that, that this lady said that the Lord told her, because whatsoever you ask in prayer believing, you shall receive. And she twisted the scripture and said she was going to marry a, a, who, the man who is my spiritual father. And she had a prophetic ceremony in her church of marrying this man and praying that his wife would die. Now, that sounds ridiculous, but that's how ridiculous people can be. He'll never tell you to do something that violates his word ever. He will never tell you to hurt anybody because love never hurts anybody. You know, I started doing something that, and I've taught you to do this, to take the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, and say, instead of love is patient, love is kind, to say, I am patient, I am kind. And all of a sudden, I, I realized the other day, wait a minute, God is love. So take that word love and, and say it toward you. God is patient. God is kind. God is not touchy. God is not fretful. God is not resentful. God does not take into account any wrong I've done. And it helps you see how loving he is and how good he is. And so, if you don't remember anything else from today, I want you to remember these words. You ready? Put it in your phone. Tattoo it on your hand. I don't care what you do. <laughs> Listen to me. God does not have you on a waiting list. You have to know that. You're not in the queue waiting for the next available God. He doesn't need to call you back. The Bible says his ears attend to our prayers, which, which means he pays attention when you pray. He does not have you on a waiting list. And if you could just get that through your mind, it's going to make it so much easier to believe your prayers are going to be answered. Proverbs 13, 12. I know you can say it with me. Hope deferred makes what? The heart sick. But desire when it is fulfilled is a tree of life. So why would God want to make you heart sick? Hope deferred. The message says unrelenting disappointment. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. So let's look at some scriptural, because I want to prove this to you, that the spirit behind delay is just that, a spirit. And so if you have a Bible or if you're looking at your phone, this is Daniel 10, 12 through 14. The angel said to me, fear not, Daniel, from the first day that you set your mind and heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. When were his prayers heard? From the first day. From the first day. And the angel said, I have come as a consequence and in response to your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, who was a demonic principality, withstood me for 21 days. And then Michael... I mean, the Lord had to send the big chief, the archangel. Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I remained there with the king of Persia. So archangel Michael had to come help this angel who was trying to bring the answer to prayer to Daniel. And this principality, this demonic power, was causing delay to the answer to his prayer. Now, the angel said, I have come to make you understand what is to befall your people. And so it was 21 days from the day he prayed until the day that prayer was answered. And he had angelic beings warring for him. 
when we have our brunches, we're going to talk about the power of angels because you need to become keenly aware that God has sent angels. Everyone has an angel assigned to them or more. But you know, if you're just always ignoring them, not worshiping them, never, but always ignoring their presence, you're not going to experience the fullness of their power. Another example, Luke 13, 10. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman there who, are you listening to me, for 18 years had an infirmity caused by a spirit, a demon of sickness. Don't think that demons never cause sickness. They do. Think 2020. I'll leave it at that. She was bent completely forward and utterly unable to straighten herself up or look upward. And when Jesus saw her, he called to her and he said to her, woman, you are released from your infirmity. Now I want you to see something. She wasn't healed when he said that. He said, woman, you are released. Then he laid hands on her and instantly she was made straight. So first he spoke the word, but she still wasn't healed. And then he laid hands and she was healed. And she recognized and thanked and praised God. I want to ask you a really dumb question. First of all, this is not dumb. How many of you have ever been healed? How many of you said glory to the devil? <laughs> Nobody does that. Nobody. This was a spirit of sickness that had bound her. Talk about a delay for 18 years. And when Jesus saw her. He saw her. And then people got mad because you know how Pharisees are. And it's like our pastor says, the worst hands you can fall into are the hands of a Pharisee. And they got mad. Oh, he healed on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, well, which of you have, that has an ox in trouble doesn't rescue his ox? And in verse 16, he said, and ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 years, be loose from her bonds on the Sabbath day? 18 years of delay. And when Jesus saw her, here's another one. John 5, 5, oh, excuse me, John 5, 2. In Jerusalem, there was a pool. The pool is called Bethesda, Bethesda, excuse me. And there lay a great number of sick folks, some blind, crippled, paralyzed, waiting for the bubbling up of the water. For an angel of the Lord went down at appointed seasons into the pool and moved and stirred up the water. And whoever then first, after the stirring of the water, stepped in and was cured of whatever disease with which he suffered, afflicted. Now, a lot of the footnotes say that this was a fable about this angel and whoever got in first. I don't know. I'm just telling you. And watch. And there was a certain man who had suffered with a deep-seated and lingering disorder for 38 years. How long have you been believing? 38 years. A deep-seated lingering disorder. And Jesus noticed him. Jesus saw her. Jesus noticed him. Laying there helpless and knowing he had been in that condition a long time said, do you want to get well? Now, let me tell you something about Jesus. He will never validate your complaining or your self-pity, ever. And let me just tell you some of the dumbest words you can ever utter. I can't take anymore. Jesus knows how much you can take. But watch, he's going to interrupt the delay again. 
I have nobody, when the water's moving to put me, I'm trying to come into it myself. And somebody gets steps ahead of me. And Jesus said, get up, pick up your bed and walk. And instantly the man received his strength. And again, it happened on the Sabbath. I love the way that Jesus insults religion. And then you know what? Later on, he finds the man and he said, go and sin no more. So a demon caused the woman that had been bent over for 18 years. Sin caused the man a deep lingering disorder for 38 years. And the best thing I can tell you with that is make sure you have forgiven everyone who's ever wronged you. God does not have you on a waiting list, but are you putting yourself on one? So we have a contender and that contender wants to delay. What about the man with the demon-possessed child? We don't know how long he was demon-possessed. This is Luke 9, 37. But he goes to Jesus and he blames the disciples. He said, this is my only child. And I took him to your disciples to, to cast this, this demon out. I mean, the, the dear boy was an epileptic. And this, this spirit of epilepsy was throwing him in the fire. Can you imagine your child and you're constantly having to pull your child so your child won't get burned? And he blames the disciples. They couldn't do it. And then he blames Jesus. He said, if you can do anything. And Jesus said, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. And even when Jesus was coming, the demon threw the boy and convulsed him. But Jesus censured and severely rebuked the unclean spirit and he healed the child and restored him to his father. So however long this boy had suffered, the delay was over. And then the last example I'll give you, there's many in scripture. Luke 8, 43. And there was a woman who had suffered from a flow of blood for 12 years and had spent all her living upon physicians and could not be healed by anyone. She was sick and she was broke and she was unclean. She wasn't allowed in public in those days. These days, we've said it before, the media makes that the menstrual period look like a wonderful thing. Go on the beach, wear all white. This is wonderful. It's a celebration. I'm telling you, for many women, menopause is a bad word. For me, it was a great word. It was like my favorite word. I never looked back. Never looked back. Women were ostracized during that time. They were considered unclean. Study history. And then they had to go through this ritual. And you couldn't go to the grocery store and pick a box off the shelf. You had to make your own menstrual cloths and wash them. I mean, we're all grown up, right? But Jesus wasn't bothered by that. You know the story. She said, she kept saying, she kept saying, she kept saying, she kept saying, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. And when she did, power went out of him. So much so that he said, who touched me? Twelve years and he said to her, daughter, your faith, your confidence, your trust in me has made you well. Go in peace, untroubled, undisturbed well-being. Other gospel writers said, go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So, what if the delay in your life is caused by opposing forces? Because most of them are. Not, again, I'm going to say it. We're not talking about God's timing. 
My times are in your hands. And it's time to surrender my time to his hands. The Bible says redeem the time. And I just read you from Father's Heart Ministry. Sometimes we can accelerate the timing. How do you do that? By obedience. By obedience. And then there's times when you can't, as was the case with, with my daughter and my son-in-law. They had to go through the process of maturity. Could we have pushed it, forced it? Yeah, we could have. When he did come back from Kentucky, we could have said, get married now, right this minute. We're going to pay for everything. But it wasn't time. It wasn't time. So there, there is the time you go, God, we're not talking about that. You will know when the delay is demonically induced, when the hindrances are sent to keep you out of the timing and the purposes of God, whether it's because there's human disobedience or demonic interference. And hey, don't worry. If it's human disobedience, just ask God to send somebody else. You know, how many of you have heard Cindy Jacobs? She's the president, she and her husband, the CEO of Generals of Intercession. Powerful, powerful intercessor. Powerful prophetic voice. And I believe one of the people, along with Dutch and Tim Sheets and Chuck Pierce and some of the, the, the men and women of God who have received the call of patriotism to pray for this nation, to go to the steps of the Capitol, to go to the steps of the Supreme Court, to pray in Washington, to raise up Lou Ingalls. There's so many of intercessors that are standing for this country and are not backing down. And she's one of them. She's one of the generals. And in the very early days when women were still being shunned, not that we aren't still, but it's not as bad as it used to be. And, and she, her children came home from school one day and, and said, Mama, the children, the friends are saying you're a witch. Because she had this prophetic gifting. And she went to her husband and she said, I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to have my children persecuted like this. I heard her tell the story. And her husband went away for three days. He said, I'm going to seek the Lord. He went away for three days and he sought the Lord. And he came back and he said, Cindy, the Lord said to me, you were not his first choice. A man was, and he said, no. And you were not his second choice. And the second choice, a man said, no. You were his third choice. And you said, yes. And you're to continue. And thank God she did. And I want to tell you something. In Christ Jesus, there is neither male nor female. And I will not be looked down upon or mistreated because I'm a woman. And, that's all, and you better not be either. Jesus treated women with dignity and honor and respect. And he gave women worth. Even women that prostituted themselves. <laughs> He loved them, and he loved their lives back. And if you haven't watched the Chosen series, I love the way Jesus treated Mary, not his mother, the especially wicked sinner one. He treated her with such love. And you know, when you love people like that, they want to do what's right. You'll be hearing more, and I, and I hope you're coming to Chosen because I'm going to tell things at Chosen that you don't know. And I'm going to tell you, I've talked for many years about my dear, dear, dear friend of 
40 years, Margie Palm that was abducted by a serial rapist and murderer. And what is happening in her life 40 years? No. 40, this happened in 1981. So we're, we're talking 42 years? Almost 43 years ago. And what God is doing now, 42 years later, when it looked like the story was squashed. You're going to be surprised. So here's how you remove delay. You ready? Very simple. Luke 18. I know you know the story. Jesus told them a parable. What was a parable? A parable was a story Jesus told to teach a lesson. Simple. He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. There's how you break delay. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to be cowardly. I will not faint. I will not lose heart. I will not give up. And then he tells a story of a certain judge who neither reverenced God nor feared him nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him and saying, protect, defend, and give me justice against my adversary. She did not beg. She demanded. She didn't cower. This was an evil judge. She demanded her legal rights. Now listen, because this is super cool. And for a time he would not, but he later said to himself, though I have neither reverence or fear for God, nor respect or consideration for man, yet because this widow, widow continues to bother me, I will defend, protect, and avenge her, lest she give me intolerable annoyance and wear me out by her continual coming, or at last she come and rail on me and assault me and strangle me. Now this is the Amplified Classic, but in the Amplified she said, give me my legal rights. You got to know your legal rights. How do you know that? Read the New Covenant, the New Testament. It will tell you your legal rights, like John 14, 14. And whatsoever you ask in my name, I will grant it. Now, let me qualify the whatsoever. It has to be in the will of God as revealed by Jesus. It can't be that you're going to marry somebody else's husband and kill their wife, okay? <laughs> or that you're going to go rob Peter to pay Paul. Come on, you know better. Love never hurts anybody, and God is love. And then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not our just God defend and protect and avenge his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay help on their behalf? Jesus said no. He wasn't asking a question. He was making a factual order. He will not delay help on our behalf. I tell you, he will, he will, he will, he will defend, protect, and avenge them speedily. However, here's the condition to the promise. When the Son of Man comes, will he find persistent faith on the earth? Will he find a faith that doesn't give up, a faith that doesn't beg, a faith that keeps on, keeping on, keeping on, keeping on until, push, pray, until something happens? Will he find that? I can't tell you the number of people that I've seen give up. 
I, I, I've lost count. I've lost count. What about if that woman, 12 years, sick and broke, what if she'd given up? But she didn't. What about the father with the demonized son? What if he'd given up? But he didn't. Well, the man at the pool of Bethesda, at least you got to give him credit. At least he was trying to get in the water, legend or not. At least he stayed. What about you? What do you know is the will of God as revealed? How do I know the will of God? Look at Jesus. He said, I've come to do your will. This is not rocket science. We're too influenced by what the media says and what this report says. Plenty of people have had a doctor's report that said, just like our sister that shared this morning, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die. The Holy Spirit said, you're going to live, you're going to live, you're going to live. And she's, she, are you breathing? She's breathing. You're going to be broke. You're going to be broke. You're going to be broke. You're going to lose your job, and they didn't lose their job. You're not going to get that job, and they got a better job. How many people? Come on. Don't give up. Keep on. Matthew 7, 7 and through 11, Jesus said, keep on asking. Not, don't ask until you don't look like it's going to happen and then quit. Keep on asking. It'll be given to you. It may not look the way you thought it was going to look. It certainly didn't for my daughter. I could tell you, I could stand up here for hours and tell you dozens of stories. It didn't look the way I thought it was going to look. It didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen, but it happened. And it was working for my good. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking, you'll find. Keep on knocking reverently and the door will be open to you. For everyone, say everyone. Who keeps on asking receives. He who keeps on seeking finds. He who keeps on knocking, the door will be open. What man is there of you? If his son asks for a loaf of bread, we'll hand him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll hand him a serpent. Or if, if, if you then, evil as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children. I know how to give good gifts to, to my children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good to those who keep on asking him? Not to those who give up. Not to those who say it's been too long. It's, the delay's been too long. Jesus said you have that delay broken because you are persistent in your faith and you do not give up. If God's promised you a husband and he hasn't come, keep on, keep on, keep on. Pray until something happens. Push. How many of you ladies that have had delivered a baby? How many of you, when it, it got time to have that baby, to push that baby out, you said, I don't want to do this? <laughs> Listen, I didn't wait that long. I got to the hospital. I, I still remember, and I said, I want to do this. I literally did. I, I got in that hospital bed, and I said, Randy, I want to go home. I don't want to do this. But you have to. You have to. It's the same way when you're giving birth to a promise. And know that the Lord has angels that he is executing to help expedite it. To help expedite his timing. If you don't give up, if you don't give up, will he, I love this, will he delay help on their behalf? The answer is no, he won't. 
But will he find persistent faith? I'm going to tell you a few stories and then we're closing. One is my spiritual father, very famous evangelist. His mother prayed and prayed and prayed for years for him. And he was a rock and roller and drinker and nightclubber. And years and years and years she prayed. She didn't stop. She didn't stop. She didn't stop. There were times she stayed up all night praying. When she finally went to the Lord, the doctors said, came out and they said, you know what, there's nothing wrong with her. Her body's worn out. And he said she literally would not sleep. She would stay up and intercede for things all night long. And our bodies do need rest, people. You do know that, right? And one day after one of his coming home and drunk and all that, she threw her Bible down and she said, that dead it, if he goes to hell, it's your fault. And three weeks later, he was born again. You see, God knows when you've had enough. (laughs) There's a story, the true story of the mother during World War II who had diligently, fervently prayed Psalm 91 over her son who was on the front lines day and night. And one day, that horrible knock on the door came telling her that her son had been killed in action. And she didn't cry. She didn't scream. She didn't faint. She went to her bed. She opened her Bible to Psalm 91. And she said, either this is true or it's not. She shut her Bible and walked off. A few days later, they came and apologized and said that the wrong dog tags had been turned in. Now, that's still horrible for the mother whose son was killed. I'm not minimizing that. But she didn't give up. My friend that I'll share more about at Chosen knew the Holy Spirit told her this story is going to have an impact on society. And for 41 years, she knocked. 41 years. And I'll tell you what happened at Chosen. (laughs) And the final story actually is about me. I, uh, back in the late 90s, I was at my parents' home. It was Christmas. And uh, the back room where we opened gifts and did all that, was Saltillo tile, and it was the old Saltillo tile, some of you remember, that was highly glazed. And so I had on fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy socks. It happened to be a cold Christmas, not our usual warm Christmas. And I had on fuzzy socks, and I was going to come downstairs in this room. I think there were four, maybe four, four or five, I think four steps. And I started to come down and slipped on the Saltillo tile. And my dad, who was at the bottom, saw me and he screamed and he distracted me. So rather than catch the fall and stop on the first step, I went pow, 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 hit the base of my spine. And if you've ever seen videos of Hiroshima, the mushroom, I felt a mushroom go up, a shockwave go all the way up my spine and, and explode in my head, literally. Next day or two days later, I don't remember, I woke up and I don't drink. But I would imagine it's like a hangover. I was disoriented. I had, I didn't feel like I could walk a straight line. I could, 
but I didn't feel like I could. And I had what medically is called a paresthesia all over my body, literally, which is tingling. Uh, my face tingled. My mouth felt like I'd had a dental block. It was numb. My eyes tingled. My limbs tingled. My abdomen. I had electrical impulses going all over my body. <clears throat> I didn't say anything. I went to the Lord. I went to the Word. I didn't know. At the time, I didn't associate it with the fall at the time. I went to the Word. I sought wisdom. I had my husband pray for me. I got scripture after scripture after scripture. I got index cards, wrote down, still have them, still have them to this day. They're yellowed and tattered now because it's been well over 20 years. And every day I would say the word of God, say the word of God, say the word of God. But the symptom, symptoms persisted. They persisted. They persisted. I saw a neurologist. He said, you uh, jarred your brain. And he said, you just need to keep believing God. I began to have horrific floaters because of the vitreous humor, that liquid in your eye. And at the time, I was much younger than I am now. And so if you know anything about it, the, the vitreous, the fluid, and if you're medical, I'm sorry if I'm getting it wrong, but I'm just guessing, was still thick enough that the what had the debris had suspended. And so when I looked out, all I could see was black, like spiders in front of me. Now, as you get younger, the vitreous becomes thinner. This is what was explained to me, and so it's able to sink to the bottom. And so this went on for an extended period of time. I didn't talk about it. I occasionally got prayer. I didn't tell people. I didn't complain. There were times it was overwhelming but I'm very careful with my words. Death and life are in the power of my tongue, and I want to use my tongue for life. The more you magnify your symptoms, the stronger they will be. So I did not magnify them. And it was very difficult. I mean, I'd like to tell you that I was just strong and mighty. I had to stand against fear. I had to, I had to submit to God. I had to submit to peace. I had to stand against worry. And then, many of you were here with me, and you remember several years ago, I think it's been almost a decade now, I uh, had a very, very severe reaction to a dental anesthesia and ended up four days in the hospital. I was intubated in ICU, not the whole four days, but longer than I ever wanted to be. And I... Uh, Oh, and I, I forgot to tell you, I was offered seizure medication. I was told it's the same mechanism that triggers a seizure, and I refused it because, and it's, I'm not against medication, but I know the side effects of seizure medication, and I didn't want that, okay? So it's not that I'm opposed to it. That's just not where my faith was. And all the while, I stayed. I stayed on the word. I stayed on the word. I had to let the word of God trump my feelings. And I remember when I was recovered enough to understand, I was in a hospital bed, and I heard the nurse say that doc the doctors ordered an MRI of her brain. And I, I've told you this before. That's how my kids knew I was going to be okay because I do not cuss. But I did on that day. And I said, I don't want a blank MRI. Not a horrible word, but still. I don't want a blank MRI of my brain. 
And the nurse said, well, we can't go against her will. But my family was insistent, so I did. And it was at that point when I said that, that my children knew I was going to be okay because mom was back. And so they did it. They said her brain was perfect. And the reason they did the MRI, I left this out, is because I had a seizure because my salt levels had gotten so low that I was literally at stroke death level. And so I had the seizure and the doctor wanted to make sure that I didn't have brain damage. And they came back and they said, your brain's perfect, nothing's wrong. Just the other day, now this is years ago, okay, years ago, this is way in my rearview mirror. Just the other day, I was talking to my daughter that's an RN and I said, you know what's funny? You know what occurred to me? Ever since that happened, I never had another symptom from when I fell. And she quietly said, Mom, it reset your brain. Now, here's why I'm telling you this. It was a living example of Romans 8, 28. And God will cause all things, even the things the devil sent against you to kill you. He will cause all things to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And even though the devil has tried to kill me more than once, God still worked it for good. And he taught me to be strong. You know the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. He taught me to be strong and he taught me to stand in the face of adversity. I always tell my Iron Man son-in-law, you might be an Iron Man, but honey, I can run rings around you in the spiritual. And he laughs and he goes, you can. Even what the devil means against you for harm, God will use for good. I want to close with Revelation 10, 6. And then the mighty angel, whom I had been seen stationed on sea and land, raised his right hand to heaven, and he swore in the name of him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all they contain, and the earth and all it contains. And he swore that no more time should intervene, and there should be no more delay. So I want to close with one declaration, and I just want you to say it with me. In the name of Jesus, no more delay. Say it again. No more delay. If the devil is opposing the plan of God in your life, no more delay. Persist. Be like that lady that stays before the throne of God and demands your legal rights. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.